0: Morning, everybody! Happy Monday! Welcome into 104 through the fans coffee break. James Marilat, D. Mac, Rachel Beal, hanging out with you on this Monday. If we break down a Broncos win that doesn't really feel like a Broncos win, it feels like there's a bit of panic still in the air from everybody. We're gonna get into it. Don't worry. But first of all, gentlemen, I talked to both of you yesterday. This is our post game live crew. We're killing it. I must say, we had so much fun yesterday. But uh, James, how are you this morning? What's new on your Monday?
1: uh i'm great i am uh you know feeling this morning about like i did last night it's a win and you avoided complete disaster but i don't know that that means it's not time to at least find where the panic button is we may not have to push it and had they lost we would have all been breaking it by slamming our fist onto it but we should know where it is because there are a lot of reasons to worry about this team it starts with the coaching staff I have my worries about Russell Wilson. It's like, oh my gosh, this is uh, this is about as bad as I have felt after a Broncos win in a long, long time. I mean, it is uh, it is bizarre on a uh, on a Monday after a win to feel like this. It's unusual.
0: Dima,
1: rewatching the game, there were three opportunities to
2: get touchdowns, touchdowns that the Broncos didn't cash in on, and on a couple of them, you showed what a deficiency what deficiency exists in Russell right now. And that is he is not, for whatever reason, willing to be very mobile. I think he's mobile enough. I don't think he's willing to do it for whatever reason. Um, And let me point out a specific play. So you've got the ball inside of the five-yard line again, and you roll out to the right. You got Javante Williams, but that is a tough throw. You got to throw it low. There's a defender right on him it was, I think it was first down on that play. You know what guys, in all honesty, that's a play. The vast majority of quarterbacks in this league put their nose down and just go for it. They do. And unless, unless um, Javante was like wide open, you know, like it's you, you like Lamar Jackson did that. He kind of ran to the line, but the, then the guy, you know, was wide open as receiver and he just, he, he actually shoveled it to him. Russell just tried to fire it and no chance. There was, of course, the Cortland Sutton play where I mean, I mean, it's like it is like this. Let's be fair. That's a toe on the white line, and that doesn't count. And on the deflection that Kendall Hinton kind of crazily caught in the end zone, going back and watching it, Javante Williams is wide open. He is, he is wide open. And Russell Wilson bonked it off uh, 91 of the Texans' face mask. I didn't even stop it with his hand. He just sort of moved, and Russell just put it right there. Th- these, the, the so. Listen, there's a lot of frustrating moments here, guys. There are. There are. But I, I at least want to point out moments that, you know, were very, very achievable that the Broncos just slightly missed, it, missed out on that would have converted into points. My question to you guys is knowing, are, are you that close or are you some sort of far divide? Meaning, if you hit a baseball hard in baseball, even if it gets caught, if you keep hitting it hard, eventually it's going to fall and you just want to keep hitting it hard. Doesn't it feel like that these things are going to break their way at some point?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm with you. The, the Cortland Sutton play the Kendall Hinton play. There were three or four plays last week that they were literally an inch in scoring. This defense has forced five fumbles. They've recovered one, including last week, right at the end of the game, Bradley Chubb, strip sacks, Geno Smith. They would have already been in field goal range, like inside the 46 had they recovered it. It bounces right to the right tackle who got beat right. badly by Bradley Chubb. So, like, yeah, at some point, those things are going to start going your way. It is a little bit of a confluence of all bad things, right? They can't catch a break. They've had some tough calls, 25 penalties. Most of that's on the Broncos, but they've had a few. They're like, okay, that's, that's borderline. And then you're beating yourselves, right, with, with don't put a punt returner out there. Uh, can't get a play in on time. I mean, the list goes on and on. So when you do those three things together, um, add injuries, maybe there's a fourth one, we get the product that we've uh, we got the last two weeks. But the stuff that's controllable, most of the penalties yeah. and the coaching stuff, that's what's driving people crazy. It, well, it, it's, it's just unacceptable. I, I can go back to the worst sequence by far. And that's
2: at the end of the third quarter where you actually had a really good drive going on, and you, you ran an option play to, 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 to Andrew Beck. I mean, I think it was an option play. It was an end-around. It looked like an end-around option play. And the Broncos got destroyed on TV. Canelano and James Lofton crushed them on that because they're pointing out at the time on third and one, on a good drive. They had converted a fourth down on that drive. They, uh, uh, Devontae Williams had an angry 17 yard run on that drive. They, they had played well, and you're running up, uh, end around, handoff to Beck. They pointed out that was his first carry in three years as an option play, and then it gets worse from there, right? Uh, then you line up for, um, a field goal because it's, now it's going to be your 54 yarder, and you get a delay of game, and you don't use a timeout because you would use a timeout previous when you were confused and you didn't want to burn one. You were, <laughs> McManus drills the 54-yarder. I mean, crushes it right down the middle. So let him kick it again. He just did it. He just proved he could do it. What changes from 54 yards to essentially 59 yards in that situation? What is the difference? Five yards? And then you take a delay of game. Then you punt. And the the crowd lost it, guys. The crowd lost at that point. The boos have been building. The boos have been happening but right then and there, that's got nothing to do with um that's, that's everything with the coaching. That's everything with the coaching right there. It is such poor execution. That's the moment that really, I think the fans were losing it. They did come back and win. They played well in the fourth quarter relatively well enough. Right. But that right there, like that, sh- that whole sequence should never have happened based on what happened in Seattle.
1: Well, and DMACC, it, it just illustrates the the problem with this team, right? Like, The third and two call the Beck option. Ridiculous, right? Like he's the last guy skill position wise that you want the ball in his hands on that play, right? Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams, Kendall, anybody else, right? So it's a terrible play design. But before that play snaps, Nathaniel Hackett has to know what he's doing if they don't get the first down. Mm -hmm. He has to. You have to think one step ahead. If we don't get it, if we don't, you know, if we lose five yards on punting, if we're... Within a, you know, within a yard, I'm going for it. Like, you have to think through those scenarios constantly. That's the job. And it's just like he calls the play, and he's just watching it like a fan. What's going to happen? And then he's like, oh, blank, Sorry. i got to come up with something else. It's, it's unacceptable.
2: Sorry to filibuster, here, Rich. I'll keep this super short. <laughs> the Broncos are struggling strategically and coaching-wise in the two most important areas of the field to make big decisions. That is the in interior red zone, inside the 10-yard line, and between the 40s that's what you get paid to do that's why you are smarter than the fans theoretically this is what you do better and you know more than us and this is where the coaches right now the broncos are struggling the most
0: i will say yesterday when we were watching the game there were times where i was like all right this is it this is where things are going to change you know they have russell wilson connects to Cortland sutton on a big play i'm like okay This is when things are going to get in motion. Things are going to get moving. I felt the exact same way when I watched it again this morning as I was like, all right, here's the big play. This is where things should get moving. And it's just not. I obviously there's a lot with the coaching staff and everything, but some of the plays that they draw up, you're like, all right, we should be able to make yardage on this. You should be able to. But I just can't pinpoint what the heck is wrong with this offense because while you think that the play they have lined up should allow them to get maybe five, six yards is dumb. You either see a drop, you see the offensive line crumble, you see Russ just looking around being like, I don't even know who I'm going to throw to. There's so many different things, but I just can't pinpoint what is wrong with this offense. There's not just one thing. And there's only one thing that's really good about it, and that's the freaking run game. Because Javante Williams is absolutely carrying this offense on his back, and he is the star of this offense so far right now. But if you both had to pinpoint one thing that in particular bugs the crap out of you with this offense, what would it be, James?
1: They don't have a personality. Like, what do they do well, right? Are, are you out there to throw it around 50 times a game? Are you out there to run the ball? Like, what? What is, what is your bread and butter? What is your go-to? And then everything builds off of that. I think it should be the run game. But then the thing that I hate is running back by committee. Can't stand it. And it's nothing against Melvin Gordon – I've been saying it for a long, long time. Nobody gets in a rhythm. I think that probably 75% of the fumbles by either guy is because they were just standing on the sideline and now they're in the game and having to, to all of a sudden get get up to full speed. So to me, it's the fact that they don't know what they are. I think they should be a run first team with Javante Williams and then Russell Wilson making plays off of play action. That's when they're at their best, that's when they get a rhythm. And to me, it's just yesterday, they felt like they had no rhythm at all. And the Houston defense was ahead of the Broncos offense versus the Broncos offense keeping Houston's defense off balance. I think they have a personality problem. That's That That would be my thing.
2: If Russell Wilson isn't willing to run out of the shotgun, he should never be in the shotgun inside of the 10-yard line, period, the end. I mean, if, if you are willing to run, then, I mean, okay. Um, but even then, you should really be under center the vast majority of the times because you can run play action, you can roll out, you can boot roll in in those situations. They have got to, from my, you know, limited X's and O's perspective, they have got to move Russell Wilson more often. And he's got to be willing to do so. He is just not a typical, uh, one of the mentions on the, the TV broadcast is he had unsettled feet. He was just jumping around all over the place without really moving. Meaning he even, even as a drop-back passer where you drop back, plant, and make a decision, Wilson isn't really great at that either. You've got to move him. He's got to be mobile to a certain degree. And you've just got to hammer the run inside the five-yard line to the degree it doesn't work. I guess it doesn't work. But like you said, at least that will reinforce some sort of play action. And, and then Wilson's got to be willing to do it. I don't know what else to say. It's, it's, a, it's a tough league, man. I mean, every single quarterback in the league has got to stick their nose in there. At least the teams that are successful do. And if you don't, guess what? We have, instead of having a dynamic quarterback, we have Matt Ryan, which looks to be a complete disaster in Indianapolis. Um, and, and it's really difficult to be that kind of quarterback, frankly, guys, unless you're 6'5", 6'6", and you've got that just unbelievable howitzer sort of arm, and you can see over the line. I mean, Russell Wilson had – he did have Javante Williams wide open, and he bombed a pass off a dude's helmet. I mean, you know, I get it. I'm short. I would throw a lot of footballs off guys' helmets. You know, but you can't just stand there. You've got to somehow move, period. I I don't know what else to say.
1: And those are plays that in years past, we would have killed Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke for those plays. We would have. If Teddy Bridgewater rolls right and isn't willing to just – tuck the ball and, and try to get the two yards and get in the end zone, we would have beat him up. If Drew Locke gets down to the two-yard line and bonks the ball off of a defensive lineman's helmet, we would have beat him up about it. So I think we got to be fair in pointing those out. But here's the other thing when it comes to the run game. They kept going three wide yesterday. How many times have we seen Cortland Sutton, Kendall Hinton, and Tyree Cleveland on the field? You've got this you know, vast array of tight ends, like you know, go to tight ends, put Andrew Beck back at fullback and run the football. They've run the football well in both games. The, it, it, their offense should be prolific when they're averaging five, six yards a carry. And instead, they're sputtering and, and settling for 20-yard field goals and putting up 16 points. It's, uh, it's maddening sometimes the way these, these coaches just insist on square pay ground hole. It's Pat Shermer-esque. It's the same thing Pat Shermer did, and we're seeing the exact same results.
0: Uh, We just got a comment. says, sure is a lot of crying and whining after a victory. Well, uh, Taco Tater, I need to ask you, did you enjoy watching yesterday's game? Because I don't think anybody did, even though they still got a win. It was that brutal. It's not what you're expecting from Russell Wilson in this offense. Again, just can't seem to really pinpoint exactly what the heck's going on. But James, you are known for going to coffee shops. And you ask people questions when you go to coffee shops. And I'm totally, totally here for this. We need to make it its own little segment because I love that you do this. But you went over to a coffee shop. Let me pull up this graphic real quick. Um, Here we go. We got, I asked 10 people at Canyon Mine Coffee this morning how they would grade Nathaniel Hackett so far. Seven said F, two said D, one said C. Yikes, Broncos country can be harsh. And then you asked how they would grade Russell Wilson. Five said a C, three said a B, one said a D, and one said an F. That's a 2.0 GPA. But then we have my favorite one, which is this one. Um, I asked 10 people at Canyon Mine Coffee this morning to predict the Broncos win total. Five said nine, three said seven, one said four, one said 11. The four and 13 ordered plain black coffee. The 11 and six ordered a pumpkin spice latte. Seems about right. First of all, I love your... um, addition to the what they order drink. I think that's very important information. Um, I'm not a pumpkin spice latte girl, so I can say that. But what grade would you give Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett thus far on the season? And James, we asked you this yesterday on Post Game Live. So Dmac, I'm going to go to you first.
2: I give Hackett an F. I mean, <laughs> it's been brutal. You just can't have these types of mistakes. I'm glad they got a win. Russell Wilson, I'd give a C minus. I mean, he was terrible. He had one drop, one drop. He did. Uh, Tyree Cleveland had a, uh, no, I'm sorry. Albert Okwabanum had a bad drop. Tyree Cleveland's drop didn't matter. There was a flag on the play. So that doesn't count against you. Uh, Russell Wilson gets a C minus. He's got to be willing to move and make things happen more. You know, you know what? Maybe it's a C plus now that I'm thinking about it. It's an F for Hackett. Okay. It's an F. I, I don't know how else to coach it. Um, you are in charge of the operations of your team that literally is the most important thing you do on game day and if if you're not up to it you better find some sort of i mean i know you want to call the plays Mm -hmm. but i mean it looks ridiculous right now out there so that's obviously not happening maybe you really do i mean why aren't you getting things ready to go probably because you're calling plays and it's happening too fast um the reason i just up my grade for russell there just a little bit I got to give some allowance for the fact that really seriously, we are talking about millimeters from, you know, plays being touchdowns that are, you know, not. And that that has happened in fairness a couple of times here, which would have changed the outcome of the games. C plus for Russ, um, F for Nathaniel Hackett.
0: James, I know you said F last night for Nathaniel Hackett. Could you anticipate seeing Justin Allen calling any plays if Nathaniel Hackett says he's going to give it up? And if so, do you think he could do a better job?
1: I, I have no idea. We, we, Justin Allen, we've never seen him call plays. Like Nathaniel <laughs> Hackett didn't call plays with the Packers, but at least he did with the Jaguars and with the Bills. So we don't know what we'll get out of Justin Allen. I'm sure we'll get a great 80s movie reference this week at his press conference. And for he and Nathaniel Hackett, it ought to be the Lost Boys because these guys don't know what they're doing. So, worth a shot,
3: Wow,
1: take a, take a chance on letting somebody else do it. He either needs somebody in his ear for game management, and that's just all they do, or he needs to turn over play calling duties and let somebody else handle that. But the current mix isn't working, and you're trying to correct it from week one to week two. Guys, I think it was worse yesterday than it was in week one. At least week one, you could say – hey, we're in a hostile environment, that adds to it. There was no excuse at all for yesterday, and it was every bit as bad. So something's got to change. I mean, you can't just hope that it's going to magically heal itself. So I don't know if Justin calling plays is the answer because we don't know what kind of play caller he is, but some sort of change to their protocol is in order.
2: I understand what they really did. They were influenced by 80s movie, especially 16 Candles, because that's how many points they got.
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: oh, D-Mac. Oh, oh D-Mac.
2: Uh, okay, well. That was a two for one, by the way. That was a two for one right there.
1: Home Alone and 16 Candles reference. That is a John Hughes double play right there.
0: You got to love it. Love hanging out with both of you on coffee break this morning and everybody in the comments to keep them coming. We love reading those, but the Broncos defense is actually a bright spot of this team, but how much better do you both think they actually are compared to last year's team, James?
1: Oh, I think they're better. And look, it maybe hasn't shown up in total turnovers, but they've, they forced five fumbles already. At some point you're going to get the bounces on that. The, the Vic Fangio defense didn't create pressure. They they were bad at generating sacks. They didn't generate turnovers. They couldn't get off the field. This Broncos defense has proven in the first two weeks that they can get after the quarterback. They can at least dislodge the ball. At some point, law of averages, you're going to get some of those. And in both games, they've gotten off the field late when they have to. Yesterday, they had to get two stops late in the game because the Broncos offense couldn't run out the clock and and put the game away. And then in week one, after Denver had to settle for the field goal to make it 17-16, they forced the three and out Bradley Chubb got the sack and got the ball back to Russell Wilson with plenty of time. All of that, it, it, all of those things are things we did not see with Vic Fangio's defense in three years. So I think they're significantly better. I will give Ejero Ebro uh, an A. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Stoops, who I really, really like though, their special teams coordinator, their special teams aren't any better. He's right down there with Nathaniel Hackett, maybe not quite as bad. Let's give him a D, but Ejero Ebro gets an A from me. I like what I've seen out of this defense. DJ Jones, great
2: acquisition, playing great. Draymond Jones, playing terrific. Um, Even Deshaun Williams played all right. Randy Gregory, terrific. Terrific. That's shocking to me because I didn't know how he he would respond. Right now he looks great. Bradley Chubb looks like the old Bradley Chubb that, you know, deservedly went to a Pro Bowl, not the one that undeservedly went to a Pro Bowl. Um, And then uh, the secondary looks okay. I am obviously concerned, as we all should be that Patrick Sertan's going to miss time, and we already know Justin Simmons is missing time. But when the defense needed to make plays, they made plays left and right. I mean, they played actually really, really good. That being said, you realize we're talking about Davis Mills and Geno Smith, right? Okay, so I want to express some caution. We all got unlucky that Trey Lance got hurt, and that game is going to be way tougher. In fact, I don't know if you guys noticed but the Broncos went from a two and a half point favorite to an underdog overnight.
0: Yeah, uh, wait a second, D Yesterday you were positive Polly with me, and I was being negative Nelly. Now I'm trying to put a nice spin on this, and you're bringing it back down.
2: Well, I could I could point out the defense. We, I mean, you know, the the wh- whoever I'm sorry, whoever it was that sent in that message before. It's we were just talking about the operation of the offense and the coaches, mm-hmm. and that's what was negative. The special teams made a a blunder that cost them a timeout. Fortunately, they didn't need it because Montreal Washington wasn't out there. By the way, Montreal Washington, uh, he's taking all sorts of wild risks. I mean, crazy, crazy chances. I hate it. Uh, He's getting some production, but he's also causing chaos that's resulting in flags. And he's very, very incredibly unpredictable. Um, I hate it. I hate that style of special teams. Um, it's cool when it kind of works, but inevitably it's going to bite you in the butt. Montreal, Washington certainly will turn the ball over stupidly at some point doing something he's not supposed to do, but, but that's what they're coaching guys. So he's only doing what they want him to do, um, aside from being on the field. So special teams is lousy. And if you want to have hope, you got to hope that the defense leads the way. But of course, that is exactly what happened in 2015 when the Broncos were offensively subpar but the defense was exceptional. This is not the 2015 defense, but it's certainly a defense that's going to keep you in games and giving up nine points and 17 points guys, that's always going to keep you in an NFL football game. And so that's who we got. And so all high praise for the defense. I, and they did get lucky guys in all honesty, they did get lucky because it should have been a touchdown that um, the, the receiver, I forget the running back, whoever it was dropped the ball that Davis mills put in his bread basket should have been an easy touchdown. What they're gonna look like without Sertan and without Simmons, I'm not quite sure. But but Sertan only played in like twenty-five percent of the snaps yesterday, by the way, and they they did all right.
0: Yeah, no true. Uh, I was surprised with how much they got targeted. But you guys, we have a loser and it's not the three of us from our survivor pool this week. So we're going to bring in Jake Shapiro and Cecil Lammy as we've got our survivor pool. We've got our picks. We've got all of this stuff because we all love hanging out so much with each other. Cecil, I like the sunglasses. How are you this morning?
3: I've been crying all night. That's how I've been. Because the Broncos absolutely suck. This is terrible. And DMac ranking about Montreal Washington, owns a special place in my heart. Because I hate to be the guy that always rails on the fifth-round pick. And that was a terrible pick when Jalen Watson was there. Isaiah Pacheco was there. Uh, Tariq Woolen was there. I've said it from day one. On with Mac, And everyone made fun of me. Because, like, oh, it's fine. He's explosive. A Division Two return man should not be playing in the NFL. Okay, you're seeing the results of that. Like, it's a terrible wow. pick. Terrible pick. Wow.
0: Cecil pissed off this morning. on Yeah. One hand.
3: yeah. And I'm going to take my sunglasses off so you see my eyes aren't bloodshot so James doesn't ask for a dread test for me. But, like, I'm just pissed about this team. I said 12 wins. You know how embarrassing that is to go on the airwaves and say this team could win 12 games, this team could win 10 games? They don't look like they'll win seven
4: games after these first two.
0: Oh, it's, it's very tough. All right, Jake, what do you got for us our Survivor pool?
4: Uh, this week in the Survivor pool, it was looking a little tough for Will and Rachel at the start there because the 49ers lost their starting quarterback, as we'll we the
0: about. better QB, so I was ready. I was like, all right, that's
4: a W. So you guys thought you guys cashed out. Will said the exact same thing. We all went heavy on the Broncos, so it would have been a very funny result for the show had the Broncos lost. At least in this context, none of us would have been happy elsewhere. But Cecil did lose because the Colts – Uh, got crushed yesterday. So we are spinning the wheel for the one loser. And on the wheel of stuff is we've got coffee break with your hands tied, coffee break segment with pop rocks in your mouth, coffee break in a helmet. We've got the word of the day, which the audience will choose. And every time you have to talk, you have to use that word somehow and incorporate it. And then the coffee break with the hand in the dirt, because none of the five of us have ever played with the hand in the dirt. Like, you know, Mark Schlereth or something. So we got to put a potted plant and and, and do coffee break with our hand in the dirt. So let's spin that wheel. in
2: the dirt. in the dirt. Uh, Hold on, hold on. Cecil has played with his hand in the dirt. Cecil grew up in dirt on the farm. I mean... That's That's all it of- is.
3: The smell of manure actually smells like home. Anytime I go to Greeley and everyone's like, oh my God, I'm like, smells like home.
0: Oh. <laughs> Breathe it
3: in. Breathe it in. So yeah, hand in the dirt. Uh, Rachel, I can just go to the hogback right here and put my hand in the <laughs> dirt on go. the mountain. There you
4: there go.
0: There you go. Right behind you in your very own backyard. Cecil. Thanks for and on with us this morning. If you want anything else to rant about, you're more than welcome to hang out with us for a little bit. But if you cried too many tears, I also understand.
4: I don't
3: want to cuss on your show, Rachel, so I will bid you all adieu, and I'll do coffee break with my hand in the dirt.
0: Sounds good. We'll see you on Friday, Cecil, Cecil Lammy there, our loser of the Survivor Pool. You guys, as soon as Trey Lance went out, I was like, all right, we got this. I'm, we're taking a W. Uh, Jimmy G is the better quarterback in my eyes. But we do need to talk a little bit about Trey Lance and the 49ers because it's kind of brutal for them. And I don't know how they got so lucky to know to keep Jimmy G on their roster. But let's take a look at the um, ankle or broken ankle, sprained ankle, whatever, fractured ankle. Uh, Trey Lance. You, what are you doing? I can't oh. look at that. It is brutal. Um, We've obviously seen it many, many times before, but, yeah, that ankle is going not the correct way. Um, We're wishing him, obviously.
2: (laughs) Tell me when it's over.
0: It's over. It's over. Um, Well wishes for a healthy recovery, but Jimmy G will be the quarterback of this team, and how much does that scare you knowing it's primetime football Sunday night here in the Mile High City against this Broncos team that barely squeaked away with a win against the Houston team, James?
1: worries me a lot I mean part of the reason I thought the Broncos would get off to a really good start is the schedule was beneficial and part of that was getting San Francisco in week three early in the Trey Lance um, you know his starting era so that now goes by the wayside with Jimmy Garoppolo they got to the NFC title game a year ago and two years before that they went to the Super Bowl so Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy G are a good combination they can win a lot of games I think they're the how the Broncos started as a two and a half point favorite yesterday is beyond me. That's quickly, as D Mac pointed out, corrected itself. Um, but yeah, this worries me a lot. You got Kyle Shanahan matching wits with Nathaniel Hackett. That is a uh, Mike Tyson versus uh, you know Peter McNeely type of a mismatch at this point.
2: Yeah, hey, it's it's not a, a great situation. Obviously, we'd be so much better off if Trey Lance was there. And by the way, and this I'm I'm bummed for this young man um you're not going to see him till next year and even then who knows I mean that is that's a horrible horrible injury and I I hope it's not a career defining thing for him I hope he gets better you want to talk about lucky uh the 49ers after trying for months to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo I mean months but his salary is prohibitive he did take a you know he he made a, a put a new deal together so he could stay there with the 49ers So he could be tradable, so they could get rid of him. Talk about a lucky team. And look at what they did to the Seahawks, which is exactly, by the way, exactly what the Broncos should have done to the Seahawks. And the offensive numbers actually kind of prove it. That is exactly what our game against the Seahawks should have been. They did it. So, again, guys, it's going to come down to do you believe that the Broncos are this close? I mean, like, this close and when it clicks, it's going to click? Or do you believe they're really, you know, a uh, Grand Canyon distance away from it?
0: What Is this team playing to the level of their opponent? We're going to find out on Sunday night if this team looks a lot better or they're just playing to the level of their opponent with the Texans and the Seahawks, teams.
1: Well, that's that's fair. And Mac, you and I talked about this on Friday. Of They kind of look like a team that thought they could just roll in and beat the Texans, right? And when you decide no. – hey, we're going to not have K.J. Hamler play this week. We're going to let him have the week off because we don't need him. That just sends a message to everybody in that locker room of, we'll just show up and win. Well, hold on, hold
2: on, James, real quick. Do you believe that's the case or do you believe Hamler's really hurt?
1: Well, that's what they told us. That's what Nathaniel Hackett told us, was that this is all part of the plan. He didn't have a setback. So, okay, I'm going to take him at his word. So either that was what they did and just say, Ah, it's the Texans. We're good. Let's give you the week off. You had to play on turf last week. We'll give you the week off. Or he's lying to us. It's one of the two. But it did, it, I mean, especially in the first half of that game yesterday, they looked like a team that was not ready to play, not focused, and just thought they could roll in and beat the Texans like it's some sort of mismatch in, uh, in college football. It's not. I mean, an NFL, an NFL team can get you. We see it every week, right? We see it every single week and yet that lesson still is uh, is one that some teams and some players and some coaches don't get. But that's how the Broncos played yesterday, and I think a lot of it stems from the fact that that's the message their coach indirectly gave them.
0: How much of this, not to put the blame on us by any means, but is the media going out there saying, oh, they've got Russell Wilson, everything's going to be okay, uh, he's the star quarterback that he is, um, how much of you think that has trickled into the locker room along with the coaching staff? Because again, everything was fine. We have Russell Wilson. Everything was about Russell Wilson and it's really biting him in the butt now. DMACC. I think
2: the locker room's fine with it because it's such a young team in general. So I don't think that's any kind of problem whatsoever. You know, the problem that Russell Wilson had was with Seattle with guys who had actually been there for a while. If you look at this new batch of Seahawks, they don't have any beefs with Russell Wilson. You got to go back a bit. Now nah, the, the team's young, Um, they're fine with the situation. It's, it's just not like that. Um, that, that being said, you know, (laughs) there are things about Russell Wilson that are just going to drive, you know, people crazy. First world problems, first world problems. Okay. So I know nobody out there is going to be sad about this, but he took over an hour and 15 minutes to come address the media yesterday. An hour and 15 minutes. I mean, even Jokic thought that took a long amount of time. And we did our show. So, Rachel, you and I do our show on the field for like a half hour, and James joined us. James joins us to tell us what the coach had said. So, I mean, theoretically, everything's over. I dip in just to see what's going on in the locker room. I get in the locker room. Russell Wilson's having a lengthy, serious conversation with Hackett at his locker. He's wearing like a a T-shirt and shorts. This is like 40 minutes after the game's done. And, you know, he's not even showered. Most of the guys have left. Like when I'm walking in, Bradley Chubb is leaving the building. Russell Wilson hasn't even, you know, gotten through his process. Now, what I was told was he spent a lot of time talking to individual players. And that that is kind of his rhythm. But you want to talk about a grumbly group. Be amongst the muggles who are waiting to get, you know, your five minutes with Russell Wilson waiting for an hour and 15. Again, I get it. First world problems, nobody cares. I'm just pointing out another eccentricity that is that goes along with all the other quirkiness. I don't think it's bad as long as he's playing well. If he's not playing all that well, I think it's going to be interesting as the season goes on.
1: Yeah, right. I do think this looks like a team, though, Rachel, that read their own press Yeah, And just thought Russell Wilson would solve all their problems, right? Exactly. And, you know, let's have field day. And let's have a jog through every third day. And you know what? We're, we're good. We got, we got Russ. Well, I think the, the they've had the harsh reality that, no, it's just not that simple. So, Mac, you mentioned it's a young team. I think they kind of fell into that trap. Uh, and now they're going to have to realize, uh-oh, we, it, Russell Wilson doesn't just solve everything magically. Because this offense right now is not any better than they've been the last five years, which is stunning. Stunning.
0: <laughs> Uh, DMAC, on that, I noticed when I was packing up after post-game live yesterday that uh, Sierra and the the group was still out there on the field. So I can't imagine how long it took Russ to get back out there to see his family, if it took him an hour and 15 to even just get into the presser. But they were all playing out there. They were sitting down on the ground just talking. Um, yeah, and a lot of other players had already left. So uh, uh, Team Russ waits a long time, I anticipate. You know, let me
2: just tell you, I'm officially over all of that. And I, I, I find myself... Not caring about it whatsoever, like I really honestly at this at it was fun for a while as we were learning about him seeing Sierra is like irrelevant to me at this point.
0: I I I think it is insane that he has his own social media person on the field after to make sure that they can get the saying of him walking off the field. Oh, first win Broncos country on his own personal accounts. I think it's crazy that I know how many media members get access down there on the field and it's not a lot of people and his own team gets it. And I think that's, it just shows you how much control Russell Wilson has in that um, organization. And
2: again, who cares as long as it's all working and it all looks good, um, does it's it only look good? The, well, no, it doesn't look good. It doesn't. That's it doesn't why I'm fair, Gabe. Well, okay, fa- fair enough. You're right. There you go. You yeah. got. Hey, what? I should shut up. You're right. If if, <laughs> if, if if things aren't going well, all of a sudden that stuff is stuff. Good point. Mm-hmm. Fair five enough.
1: Years, five years from now, which contract is going to look worse, Russell Wilson's or Chris Bryant's? Chris Bryant's
0: Chris Bryant's I would
1: agree but the Good fact that, asked that question like seven years of Russell Wilson and he can't move right now
2: well actually you know what hold on I gotta I gotta step back because yeah. you don't lose out on draft picks or other valuable capital with Chris Bryant it's just cash yeah. and baseball seemingly has limitless amounts of cash that actually appears to not matter Russell Wilson costs you cash And a bunch of other stuff. So there's, there's actually, you know what? Um, But you're predicting failure. You know, I think it's easy. I think it's easier to predict failure for Chris Bryant than for Russell Wilson. I don't think we know yet about Russell Wilson. I think it's pretty clear already about Chris Bryant.
1: Yeah, but it's it's also a salary cap sport and not a salary cap sport, right? Like, so theoretically, the Rockies should just buy their way out of the mistake. The Broncos are. If this doesn't work out. If it doesn't work out, yeah. They're saddled with it. And I'm not predicting that it's not going to work out. But have you seen anything in the first two games, guys, that makes you go, oh, yeah, this is, this is going to work out. Well,
2: this you can't, you good. can't see any difference right now between Russell Wilson and other, you know, basically average quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, basically every average quarterback more or less can do the same thing. I mean, Davis Mills basically did the same thing as Russell Wilson yesterday. Seriously. And they should have had a touchdown with Davis Mills. I mean, there are moments where you have to look like you're special. And we just haven't seen special-looking moments in the first couple of games. Where, where are those type of moments? And I'll give it a little grace. It's only two games in, guys. Um, so we, we've got to be a, a pinch patient. But if people are concerned, I mean, I get it.
0: DMACC, you've been saying that this is preseason. So yep. is next week week one?
2: Yes, yes. Next week is week one. You've do had- you
0: think next year we will see this team play in the preseason so we don't have these first two weeks as a complete disaster? No,
2: and I really do hope they keep the, the everybody together. As critical as we're being, I do realize if you can't stay consistent, you're, you're really lost. Uh, I'm, I mean, unless you have a staff member or somebody who is just so unbelievably incompetent that you have to move on. No, you need to see things through all the way through, in my opinion, so, no, I, I don't anticipate you would see any, you know, big difference, nor, nor would you necessarily need it because all the problems they're having right now are communication with the ones and Russell Wilson and how to do things. Theoretically, you'll work those things out. Theoretically, you worked all those things out in Seattle. Uh, obviously not, but with two full games, you no longer have – you barely have excuses for yesterday, but now you no longer have excuses at all. And if you actually lose because of that, if you lose because they're better than you, hey, no problem. That happens. Look at the uh, Dolphins-Ravens game, which was wild. I mean, that is two highly explosive offenses just doing a number to each other. You know, not great defense. But, man, I'm I'm not really upset if I'm a Ravens fan. I'm disappointed. But I know my team's going to win a lot of games. We don't know that here. We have no clue right now where that's going because we haven't seen it.
0: No, that's a good point. Uh, we did get a comment saying the fans having to chant the play haw- clock is unbelievable. Hilarious though, James, I'm sorry. I didn't hear Nathaniel Hackett's presser, but, and I, we didn't ask you yesterday. Did he say anything about the fans having to chant that? We know players commented on it, but did Hackett say anything?
1: You know, he, he talked about the boo birds and said, okay. he understands it. It's frustrating. He was booing himself. You know, he made a little quip about it. He didn't talk about the the play clock directly that I remember, Russell Wilson was asked about it and he spun it into the fans were unbelievable. They were great in fourth quarter when we needed them on, you know, when we were on defense, like he tried to spin it positive. I mean, I do think it's probably a bit of a distraction. And and I think it's something that, that shouldn't be the norm by any means. I mean, I heard people saying, Oh, they should do this. Like they do income incomplete. Like, Nope. It was a one-time thing. Make your point. I thought it was a, a perfect way of making that point and saying, Hey, this isn't acceptable. It was the you know, version of a Bronx cheer, so uh, they didn't say anything about it. I, Nathaniel Hackett looked like a guy who you know, had, had lost his puppy, and he's at the press conference after his first NFL win. It was, it was kind of a, a strange dynamic. I, I think he's been humbled in the last two weeks and probably needed to be because that was a, an arrogant coaching staff for a group that hadn't accomplished anything.
0: Yeah, oh, no, definitely. Um, another interesting coaching situation that happened yesterday was Kyle Shanahan at the podium after he lost his starting QB and Trey Lance, and he got a little sassy with the reporters. Let's go ahead and take a listen.
1: How do you weigh just knowing that it's a risk to run him up that you saw that in Arizona versus the fact that you think it's going to be a successful play?
3: Didn't I just answer that? It's
2: just after a severe injury and seeing something similar happen in Arizona. It's I guess just how do you – Balance the risk
3: versus the reward? Um, just because, I mean, you guys watch other teams in this league, I and mean, Buffalo does it all the time. Um, with their quarterbacks, pretty normal play. Um, it's part of football, and it's unfortunate that he hurt his ankle on it. But it it's very three. normal, random play. You guys should watch some other people.
2: I, I agree. I, I, that's, I li- that's what I literally was just saying that Russell Wilson has to be willing to do. Listen, you, these guys don't play in bubble wrap. Um, You do need to play in preseason to figure out coordination. If you get hurt, you get hurt. Are the Broncos any better off after two weeks than teams that actually repped during preseason? No. Uh, Field day is just stupid. Okay. Just, just stop with the foolishness and just, and I think there's been a lot of foolishness here. Um, I always talk about like in the water boy, the coach there for the mud dogs, Henry Winkler, the Fonz, you know, he's got his green notebook that gets stolen. It's like, You put all your thoughts in your little green notebook about what I would do if I'm in charge. Well, Sometimes, you know, things are the way they are for a reason. And I'm willing to give everybody the benefit of the doubt if it works well. But one thing we know you have to do in football, as we see, is you have to have a quarterback willing to be a threat, at least a threat, and you're no threat if you don't move. That was kind of a jerky question by that reporter, I guess. Um, I mean, what do you want? Not to play football? You think Kyle Shanahan said, oh, hey, this is the ankle breaker we're calling right now. I don't know. And if you don't have a guy playing football, you're going to lose anyway. Because, because if you're not, the defense does not have to worry about it, and they can make you know, uh, adjustments to that. So, that, yeah, that's a little bit of a jerky question, especially if Shanahan sort of already addressed it. He didn't know Trey Lance was going to break his ankle in that play. And why in the world would he put his quarterback in unnecessary harm? Football is harm. The the sport is harm. Go play golf if you're not looking for
1: harm. Yeah, the question definitely implied that it was the play call that got him hurt, which is absurd. I mean, early on in the Trey Lance era, they were going to have to call plays kind of like Buffalo did with Josh Allen, right? It was more run heavy two or three years ago for Josh Allen than it certainly is now. That's what made him dynamic. That's what gave him the ability to have success because he wasn't a polished passer. Trey Lance in year two is kind of, it was kind of in that same category. So that's what San Francisco had to do to make him effective, make him dynamic, keep the defense off balance. It's unfortunate that it happened that way, but yeah, man, we are, we are in operation bubble wrap in this league and in sports in general. I mean, it's Jamal Murray. It's don't play in the preseason. It's jog throughs every three days. It's, oh my gosh, don't call a play where somebody might get hurt. I mean, I know I'm starting to sound like the old guy. I get it, but, that was an absurd line of questioning.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to get a fired up uh 49ers team and Kyle Shanahan. I'm, I'm assuming for Sunday night football, you guys, it's going to be exciting. Uh, hopefully we're going to see this Broncos team show out and be the team that we all know. And hopefully can be the potential is there. Can they just make it work? James, Thanks for hanging out with us on Coffee Break, dmax same to you. And everybody else in the comments, we love when you comment, so please keep them coming, and we'll be back tomorrow, 10.30 a.m. But make sure you tune in to hear Cecil and his thoughts. He's obviously pissed off. He's going to have all those thoughts with Andrew Mason at 3.30 today um, for Orange and Blue today, so make sure you tune in. Otherwise, we'll see you guys tomorrow morning for 10.30 a.m. Bye, everyone.